Welcome to the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I am Josh Anderson here. We are going to do a conference championship podcast. This is episode 8. It's going to be about the Buccaneers versus the Packers and the Bills versus the Chiefs. Before I get into that matchup, I kind of want to go through how they got there. First matchup was the Rams versus the Packers. As I went through the preview podcast for that, I was I had the Packers beating the Rams. Pretty much how that game, I thought, went the way it was going to go. Jared Goff just didn't have enough to get the game pretty much completed. Aaron Rodgers, I felt the Packers didn't, the game was closer throughout the game that, that I didn't feel that the Packers, they kind of left the game out there. And if Jared Goff and the offense had anything in the tank to get it going, they had a shot. But the Packers really, they, they just let the game there. Towards the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, they finally got the game to the point of, well, the Rams, they can't catch up. But, you know, Jared Goff was 21-27, 174 yards and just a touchdown. But I thought Cam Akers was going to have a bigger impact of the game. He did have 90 yards and a touchdown, but that's about it. The Rams started out early with a 3 nothing lead. I felt if maybe every drive, they if they would have scored, they would have had a chance, but they punted the ball. The one way to defeat the Packers is by scoring every single drive. And when you're punting on fourth and short, that's how that's how you lose to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is having probably the greatest season of his career. And that's not how you beat him. And it's extremely frustrating when you watch teams that just fall into the same exact mistakes over and over again. What also didn't help the Rams is when Cooper Cup was announced that he was out because of the knee injury. So all the Packers really had to look at was Robert Woods. I mean, Robert Woods had eight receptions for 48 yards, so he was a non-factor. Tyler Hipke had only two receptions for five yards. So with a non-healthy Jared Goff, the Los Angeles Rams was pretty much dead on arrival. I was realistically not impressed with the Rams' defense the entire game. Jalen Ramsey got beat the entire time. Devontae Adams had nine receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown. So especially on that one touchdown, the Rams' defense got confused. The cornerbacks didn't switch over, and he was basically wide open for that touchdown on the right side. So for the Packers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a very smart quarterback, and it's extremely hard for me to admit these type of things because I despise the man. But when he's playing this well, you need a defense that's playing very well and smart. And for the Los Angeles Rams, they just weren't the, uh, you know, you need pressure on Rodgers. And when you're not getting pressure on him and you're letting him, the, the way you beat the Packers is very simple. You, the way Rodgers effectively works is first down play. If he's getting four to five yards on first down every single time, he's going to destroy you on second and third down. You have to make sure that on first down, he's not getting the yardage. So 
if they're running the ball with Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, that they're not getting those four to five yards. That That's why the Packers are so effective on second and third downs. So if you keep that to a minimum, if you get them to negative, negative yardage or sacks, then they t- typically struggle. So we'll see what the Buccaneers can do. We'll get to a little bit of a preview for their point. Uh, since the Rams now are eliminated, it's going to be interesting to see what they do further on with Jared Goff. During the press conference, there was questions if um, Jared Goff was going, even going to be on the roster. The Rams are kind of stuck with that contract. Uh, it sounds like the NFL salary cap is only going to be, the last report from Pro Football Talk was the salary cap was going to be at about $180 million. Some teams were kind of hoping that the salary cap was going to be at $190 million. That would have helped out maybe the Saints and a f- like the Vikings and a few others. But if it's only going to be at $180 million, then teams like the Rams, you are going to be stuck with that contract with Jared Goff because the cap hit they're going to take from cutting him or even trading him, it's not almost going to be worth... I mean, you're not even going to be fielding a team to be cutting him. So either just play him another... Because there's a potential out in two years. I don't know what you can do in two years, even within a trade, because he's not going to renegotiate that deal. The guaranteed money is his. So you might as well just take the lump and deal with it for two years and then get rid of him. Build the team in other ways. That's the best you can do. And try to win with him. Because Jared Goff is the guy you drafted and tried to get him better. He has improved every single year. Now, he did have a down year last year, but this year he was playing well before his injury. So just try. Cam Akers is playing well. You have Josh Reynolds, Robert Woods, and you have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. So try to play with them. Uh, the 49ers might not be up. The 49ers may not be the team that they were. They're losing pieces. The Seattle Seahawks defense is not good. They're um, they are having offensive coordinator problems. So and also the Arizona Cardinals. You don't know how well they're going to be. You you just don't know. So you have a chance on winning this division next year. So if you are the Rams, keep on going. So. In terms of this matchup, Packers move on, Rams lost, and uh, we'll see what happens next week for the Packers. Ravens and Bills. Uh, this, I thought, was going to be a little bit more scoring than what it was, and it ended up being 17-3 Ravens. Sorry, 17-3 Bills. I thought that, you know... Way to go, Buffalo Bills defense. They really stagnated Lamar Jackson. You know, I thought maybe Lamar Jackson maybe would have got the over the hurdle last week against the Titans with with maybe finally getting that first playoff win. No, it really didn't. Lamar really didn't do much against the Bills. He was only 14 for 24, 162 yards, had the pick. Uh, really didn't do much rushing. He had nine carries for 34 yards, and then he got knocked out of the game. Uh, hopefully, I haven't read too much on what his long-term prospects for injury. I read a scary, scary tweet from Trey Wingo saying, 
oh, maybe him and Patrick Mahomes need additional protection. And I, I did not like that tweet at all from Trey Wingo because it's like, they're runners. And when you have running quarterbacks, this is the result. This is why pocket passers are the way to go when you have NFL quarterbacks. It's awesome when you have all these athletic abilities to be able to do this when you're young. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you get, when you're out in the open like that, you can potentially get hurt. And this is a result to Patrick Mahomes and to Lamar Jackson. Now, I understand that pocket passers can get hurt at any point in time. But when you're out and running and when you start getting older or no matter what, you have a chance of getting hurt when you're running. So at some point, Cam Newton got hurt because over time he kept taking the hits and now he can barely throw the ball. I don't want to see that for Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I don't want to see that. But at some point, pocket passers are the way to go in the NFL. So the college football needs to get in to the retrospective, they need to develop better pocket passers. Doesn't matter what, where you come from, pocket passers are the way to go in the NFL. So for Lamar Jackson, for the Bill, or sorry, for the Ravens, uh, a lot of people want an offensive coordinator change. Uh, people feel that way. He is going to have to develop as a pocket passer. It's great to see him be athletic as he is, but. He needs to be able to throw the ball, and since he is not, he's able to throw a certain type of throws uh, when he's one-on-one with to the tight ends or to the running backs, but he struggles at throwing the certain out, out passes to the wide receiver, and that realistically limits the ability of the offense. So that's why I don't foresee Baltimore ever winning a Super Bowl, especially when you have uh, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes in the conference and also if you have in the other side anyone in the NFC I, I just don't foresee Baltimore Ravens ever doing that so we'll see what happens in the future the Baltimore Ravens really sickly need to work on the skill positions and the wide receiver anyway uh, they have had this problem ever since Joe Flacco so until the Ravens I understand that you want to be a rushing team because you have Lamar Jackson, but until you are able to pass the ball and get better wide receiver talent, you're going to be stuck where you are. Um, We'll see in the division because the Cleveland Browns aren't going to go away. They're going to be good from this point forward. Uh, The Bengals at some point won't be the worst team in the division. The Steelers, uh, even though they have some cap issues, should have Ben Roethlisberger, so they will be formidable for at least in the short term. And they have at least a decent coach, so they should be at least decent for the short term and long term. So the Ravens, they have a lot of work to do. We'll see what happens there. For the Buffalo Bills, uh, 17 points wasn't necessarily a lot, but they did do enough to win the game. Uh, Josh Allen had 206 yards and a touchdown. You know, it was going to be a tough matchup. You know, last year when they played the Ravens, they uh, looked to be the undermanned team. didn't have enough talent. Now, this is the game where you get Stefan Diggs, which he had eight receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown. That's why you got him, and he performed. And that's what you put him over. That's what he put the team over the top to win, and that's what he did. So uh, the Bills will move on, and it's going to be a tough matchup against the Chiefs. I will get to that matchup again in a little bit, but good for the Bills. 
Uh, that's the first conference championship since the, since the 90s. I'm excited to see that. I hope they win it. Uh, I It would be awesome to see the Buffalo Bills. Not a lot of people. The only time that I've ever seen, I only remember the last, I mean, I don't remember the mid-90s realistically when I was young. So hopefully the Bills do well. The Sunday matchup was the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I, re- I really thought maybe, possibly, the Browns were going to win this game. and But, uh, you know, after Chad Henney threw that ball into the end zone but uh, for the interception. But before that, uh, you know, uh, when Patrick Mahomes went down in the end zone for this game, or not down in the end zone when he got hurt, I didn't think it was a concussion, and I because he didn't get hit in the head, it was something of a nerve, nerves or something. So we'll see how he is able to get into the concussion protocol for the NFC or for sorry for the AFC Championship game. But anyway, so the Browns, I think when I went on a little little bit of a rant uh, a couple podcasts ago, when it goes to fourth and short and third and short especially on fourth and short teams have to go for it and this is a perfect example for the Kansas City Chiefs when they went for it on fourth and short and they got for and they got it and they won the game I hope this is a perfect example for the Browns you have got to go for it there are no ex- and the Ravens and the Titans and uh, the Steelers you guys have got to go for it you cannot let other teams just go for them fourth down and lose. It's just pointless at this. And in the Browns, you deserve to lose after this. I have I, I don't feel bad for the Browns at this point losing anymore because you make stupid decisions. So Baker Mayfield, you played okay. Uh, next season, you're gonna have to up your game again. Right now, in my opinion, you are at the Kirk Cousins level of quarterbacking. So if you want your team to go 13 and 3, 14 and 2, you're going to have to be better. So um, we'll see how it goes. Chad Henney, way to go on that fourth down play. Uh, you know, funny thing is Tony Romo didn't think that play was going to happen, but it did. Way to go Andy Reid making that play call. And for the Chiefs, hopefully next week Patrick Mahomes is healthy cuz I don't think you are going to beat the Bills. If uh, Mahomes is not healthy enough. The final matchup of the week was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. I thought the Buccaneers were going to win and the Saints were going to lose. Uh, this is actually kind of the way that I thought the game was going to go. I thought the Banks, the Banks, I thought the Bucks were just going to have to hang in there through halftime. And that's exactly the way it did happen. The defense for the Buccaneers was going to have to step up, and they did. And I also thought that the only way the Saints were actually going to win was that Drew Brees was going to have to step up and make deep ball throws, which did not happen. And the other thing I was going to say is Jameis Winston had that beautiful 56-yard touchdown, and that extremely frustrated me as a Tom Brady fan because if Jameis Winston is in the game— you know that only two things are going to happen. He's going to run with the ball, which is extremely doubtful because that's usually a hill type of a play, or he's going to throw a deep ball. And mystically, Tampa Bay screws up, and the only 
thing he's going to do is throw the ball deep and the guy's wide open. So that's extremely frustrating. But back to Breeze. I said in the previous podcast is that Drew Brees, the only way that Drew Brees is going to win this game is he's going to have to be able to throw the ball 30 to 50 yards in the middle of the field. And he was not able to do that at all. Now, his wife came out and said that he had a torn labrum and rotator cuff. He had the foot injury, and he also had his ribs. Now, you can say that, but that wasn't on the injury report, so it's going to be interesting to see if the NFL investigates that at all. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. But either way, he has Drew Brees since even though you can look at the 2017 NFC Championship game against the Vikings. Drew Brees hasn't been able to throw the ball down the field since then, and that's been a problem. So, and that's part of the reason why Drew Brees and the Saints haven't been able to go to the Super Bowl. Now, during the now they should have went against the Rams the following year, but outside of that, they haven't been able to go any further because the he hasn't been able to throw the ball down the field. Should he retire? I don't know. I I. Th- there are arguments for it. You know, the Saints are in cap hell. So it's going to be hard for the Saints to be able to field a team next year. They're going to have to rework a lot of different contracts. I think Drew Brees, I guess in the end, probably should retire. And then Jameis Winston probably should take over the reins. I don't know how well Jameis Winston, if he picked up on anything from Drew Brees and be able to coaching staff. I, I, I just don't know. Last time we saw Jameis Winston play, he threw 30 interceptions. So we can see how well he's going to be next season if he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints. But in general, the Saints aren't going to be as good because of the amount of team cuts that are going to be had. And the Buccaneers are going to be realistically the same team, and they're going to have the same players coming back. Also, the Panthers probably will be a somewhat better team, and the Atlanta should be a little bit better. So I, I think the Buccaneers are going to be even a better team next year with Brady coming back, at least as long as he doesn't fall off because of age. And I, I, the Saints are just going to have a dramatic fall off. So when we look at the conference championship games, it's going to be, oh, when it comes to... Tampa Bay, I feel Tom Brady played fine. It's one of those games where people are going to say, oh, the defense won the game. Defense played great for Buccaneers. The, the thing is about the reason why it makes what makes Tom Brady so great is that he does what you need he does what you ask for him to do. That 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 that's the one thing you always ask for Brady. If he needs to throw for 500 yards like he does for Super Bowl, he'll do that. If you need him to throw for 200 yards and not turn the ball over, he'll go do that. And that was the type of game on this past Sunday. So this uh, coming up on uh, Sunday against the Buccaneers, and that will be the first game on Fox, we'll see what type of game it's going to be needed. Uh, It's going to be a cold game. It looks like it's going to be 32 degrees. If it's going to be that type of a temperature game, now, historically, there was always the games where the Buccaneers didn't play so well and the temperature went under the underneath uh, 32 degrees. 
but are below 32 degrees. But here's the deal with that. You have Tom Brady entering there, and Tom Brady played in New England for 20 years. So I, I don't think that's going to be a long-term concern. It's This matchup is going to be extremely interesting. I think you kind of have to ignore the regular season matchup between the Bucks and the Packers just because they were at different places. Uh, for the Buccaneers, if they really, really want to win this game, they realistically have to not get off on a slow start. Uh, they got off to a little bit of a slow start against the Saints, but they could afford that because Drew Brees struggles and struggled throughout the year. So as long as they were able to hold the Saints to field goals early, for which they did. Um, now, it, it, they can do that against the Packers, but the Packers have been pretty solid in the red zone. So they can make, well, so if, I mean, if they hold Aaron Rodgers to field goals, that's okay too. But the one thing that the Buccaneers cannot afford to do is to go three and out, three and out, three and out. That is where the Buccaneers are got, get themselves in trouble. And when they did play the Packers the first time, that is where they almost lost. It's because they went three and out, three and out, three and out. So if the Buccaneers score, score early and often, they're going to win. And if the defense plays as well as they did against the Saints and as well as they did against the first matchup against the Packers, they're going to win. Uh, they should be able to... Mike Evans has been pretty quiet. I, I, he did have the touchdown against the Saints. But I'm guessing at some point Mike Evans and the tight end Gronkowski should have a big game because the Packers, even though their defense is playing solid, at some point the Packers' defense is not going to be able to cover all of this talent that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Uh, they struggled, for example, I, I just, I honestly... The Packers' defense has not been tested that much this season, and when they have this much talent against them, I just do not see any team, when the uh, if the Buccaneers are on, any team that's going to defeat them. And, and also, if the Buccaneers are running the ball, I have a hard time seeing it. Reversal, though, what the Buccaneers has to beat the Packers is not let Aaron Rodgers run around and also as I said earlier, is don't let Rodgers get productive on first down. That is what a lot of teams do and get away with or let Rodgers um, get productive on first down. So that's let Aaron Jones get five, six yards on first down. If you hold them on first down, that prevents them to do his little trickery, let him do his little try to get jump off sides. And the thing is, is that a lot of his third downs are third and short, third and short. So they do their little dump-off plays that are extremely successful. So if you prevent that from Rodgers, that's how you typically hold them to punts. But a lot of teams don't do that. So it, that's I, I watch a lot of Packer games, unfortunately, as a Viking fan. So I see that all too well. The other thing is, another team it would be nice to see the Buccaneers do is take away Devontae Adams. Uh, not a lot of teams have been successful at taking away Devontae Adams. Um, usually, the Vikings used to be solid at taking away Devontae Adams, but lately that has been very difficult. Uh, if the Buccaneers are able to do that. I don't know how trustworthy uh, Rodgers is as the other guys are. 
on this team. Uh, usually, Rodgers is pretty much distinct on Devontae. Um, Aaron Jones had a solid year, too. So if you take away those two, which is really hard to say to do, but if you take away those two, we'll see how well the team is. The team has been flowing. Like I said, Rodgers is going to win the MVP this year. Uh, hopefully, like I said, I would love to see Tom Brady win the seventh Super Bowl as a Brady fan, but it's going to be a tall task, and Brady has to be on top of his game, and he has to score every single drive to win the game. The other game will be the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This game is going to realistically come down to if Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough to play. He did. He is in the concussion protocol, even though I don't think he had a concussion. I think it was more of a nerve endings in his neck, which simulated a concussion. And then he also has a toe issue. Team said that the toe issue is not a realistic, real, realistic issue, but you never know. And then um, we'll have to see if the Bills can rise up to the occasion um, they have for the first two playoff games. But you never know. This is going to be the biggest game that any member of the team has played. Stefan Diggs, I should say, played in the NFC Championship game back in 2017. But uh, other than that, uh, Josh Allen has played well in both playoff games that he has played. Uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously won the Super Bowl last year and played in the AFC Championship game the last two years. The Bills can win this game. Uh, over, uh, overall, the Buffalo... Uh, sorry. Overall, the Buffalo Bills are the overall better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. They have a better defense and better overall talent. The only difference is is that Patrick Mahomes is just the better quarterback than Josh Allen, and he is the basically difference maker between the two teams. Patrick Mahomes can elevate his team higher than Josh Allen can on the Bills. That is realistically the only difference within the team. The only other difference I will say is Andy Reid is a better coach than the Buffalo Bills' coach. And that's not a dig on the Buffalo Bills coaching staff. It's just Andy Reid has been doing it for a long time, and he's just coming off a Super Bowl victory. That doesn't mean that the Bills coaching staff can't do can't win it either. It's just an observation that I've made, and they can elevate themselves too. It's just Andy Reid's been doing it for a long time, and I trust Andy Reid's coaching ability over the Buffalo Bills. Either way, it should be an entertaining game, and I'm cheering for the Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills. This game will come down to if Josh Allen can make the plays. That patch, Basically, if Josh Allen can make the plays. If he can make the third down plays and keep scoring, um, the Kansas City Chiefs can score at any point in any time that they need to. And... If the defense of Buffalo can stand up at any point, and then the Buffalo Bills' offense can come back and score too. That's going to be the biggest point. And if they can, they can win this game. I'm not really worried about Bills' rushing game. I've made that point the last few podcasts. This is realistically going to be about Josh Allen and if he can make the throws. Because this game is going to be purely on Josh Allen getting the ball to Stefan Diggs and his other wide receivers. Because realistically, this is the, um, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Just like the other game is Aaron Rodgers versus um, Tom Brady. Which, talk about legacies, which I should have done before. If 
which actually I should have brought that up. So if uh, Tom Brady wins the matchup against Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady will reach his seventh Super Bowl, which I don't think is attainable. Maybe the maybe the Mahomes, but that's another discussion for later. But the one thing I'll say about uh, Aaron Rodgers, even if Aaron Rodgers does win the game against Tom Brady, I, I'm fearful of the discussions that are going to happen, but I realistically do not believe that's going to change the GOAT argument at all, even though people are going to try to argue the difference. That does not make Aaron Rodgers the GOAT. Um, Aaron Rodgers has to win at least another five more Super Bowls to get into the argument. Uh, One victory does not change a career of not winning, getting to the argument. I just hope Brady wins so I don't even have to go towards that argument because I'll be a very angry podcaster the next day if I have to even talk about Aaron Rodgers winning. So I realistically hope Brady wins. Either way, I hope it's a Brady versus Mahomes Super Bowl because I think that would, the arg- I think the ratings would be amazing for a Brady versus Mahomes. People will say, "Oh, Mahomes versus Rodgers." I, I, I think Brady versus Mahomes would be a gr- good enough ratings for anybody. But either way, uh, for this podcast, I think I'm about done. Uh, for the rest of the, I will do a Supercross review for Houston 3. I think I will do that on probably Monday. And then also on Monday, I will do a conference championship review. And then uh, after that, at some point during the week, I will do a Viking podcast review. And then I will also do, at some point this week, I will do a snowcross review. I do have to do that. I for just haven't had time. Uh, busy schedule this week. So that's what's on tap for my weekly shows. I uh, just want to say thank you for everyone for listening.